Welcome to 9 to 5 Mac Watch Time, a seasonal podcast series about the world of Apple Watch and how it's changing people's lives. My next guest is Federico Vitici, founder and editor-in-chief of MacStories.net, co-host of the App Stories and Adapt podcast, as well as the Really FM podcast, Connected and Remaster. Thanks for joining me so much, Federico. How are you? Hey, Zach. I'm great. How are you? Thanks for having me. Awesome. Did I miss any podcasts there? Uh, no, I think that's <laughs> it's quite a long list, <laughs> uh, but you got it all right. Yeah. <laughs> I forget the very first time I heard you on a podcast episode, but I, I was already familiar with Mac Stories and following you on Twitter. And this is before I was anywhere close to 9 to 5 Mac. I was working in an Apple store in South Florida. And oh. um, the first time just hearing your voice on a podcast, it was so neat. And um, I think it might have been like Mac Power users for me, but I'm, I'm not positive. Was oh, it, wow. Yeah, it was around like the between like iPhone... It was around iPhone 5, you know, era. Um, but uh, just just hearing your voice and your accent and, you know, feeling like I'm in the room, you know, listening to you talk. And, and, uh, and, and from my perspective in America, having this new, like, exposure to, you know, you in Italy and, and Mike in London and eventually, you know, Benjamin Mayo at 9 to 5 Mac in London. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's like this whole, you know, the goal of the internet is, like, you can connect to everybody from anywhere. And for me, it feels like it's being fulfilled through podcasting, both as a, as a fan and now, you know, as someone who is involved in podcasts. So um, just right up front, thanks for, you know, not just writing, but also, you know, when, when you when you get to podcasting, it feels like it's a little bit more intimate. And so so thanks for, you know, making those first steps and, and, and um, you know, being so involved now. Uh, sure. Thank you for that. That's very kind of you to say. And in fact, um I'm in the situation now where, you know, when I when I publish, for example, a story that gets shared a bunch of times and perhaps new people come across Mac stories, and then they later discover that I'm based in Italy, that I'm in Italian. Right. Maybe because they're listening to a show, they're like, Oh, I had no idea that's what your voice sounded like. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and after that, everybody basically tells me, now that I know, I'm reading all of your articles with an Italian accent, <laughs> which is always funny. And for some reason, this always happens. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, people, when they meet me at WWDC or some other event, they always say, and I always thought this was quite strange, that I sound shorter than I actually am in real life. <laughs> I have no idea where that comes from. I think they have this stereotype of like Super Mario sure. in their mind. Yeah. You know, the short Italian guy with the mustache. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm, Do I'm, I sound short? I, I just, honestly, I have no idea. I'm 5'9", so everyone that I meet is taller than I expected because they're taller than me. Uh, like, I'm not short, but I'm not tall. Uh, like, the first time I met Mark Ehrman, I think he's like 6'2". <laughs> and I just think of like this kid Mark Ehrman being like, you know, smaller than me. But no, he was... And, and I know Mayo is taller than me as well. So, yeah, that's a thing. I would be... So, 183 centimeters would be 6 feet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Google. Yep. So, once, so once again, I'll be the. I, I I I have friends who are shorter than me, but but uh, most are not shorter than me. So so you would be uh, taller than I am. So that gives me this perspective now. Uh, in terms of voice, in terms of podcasting voice, I'm shorter. I wonder what my podcast height is. I'm 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 standing, so I don't know if that affects anything. <laughs> This is actually the first episode of Vitici that, that I've recorded for Watch Time 
since the Apple event in September 2019. And so okay. from that, we get the iPhone 11 family and we get the Apple Watch Series 5. Um, so I'll, I'll summarize a little bit what this Apple Watch Series 5 is now that it's actually here. Um, the big surprise is an always on display, which looks like it's been done excellent the way it works. Um, there's also the inclusion of a compass for the first time, which I didn't know it wasn't there. But I did try and like toggle walking directions with, with or, you know, use walking directions and like make it aim in the way that I was and just thought it was slow. But it actually just wasn't a compass there. Now there is. And international emergency calling. Um, there's also a few other changes there, like 32 gigabytes of storage up from 16. Ceramic is back as a case style and white and titanium is a new material option. And um, the Hermes collection now is space black. And there's this all new Apple Watch Studio experience where you can select your Apple Watch within a collection and pick which band comes with it for the first time. So that's the news. Um, and I know that Ryan MX Stories, who's also on Adapt with you, he's, he's got some hands on with the new watch and phone. Um, do you have any thoughts or, or uh, I don't know what your purchasing plans are for the new watch. Um, where, where are you at with that, with all the new stuff coming? So I still haven't got one, but I plan to. Uh, maybe I should have one this week. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I just took my time. I didn't pre-order anything because over the past few years, I realized that pre-ordering stuff only made me more stressed out. Yeah, Because something bad always happened <laughs> on release date somehow. Uh, whether it was like um, two years ago with the iPhone X, uh, turn, turns out there was a national uh, UPS strike. Oh, no. And so, I, yeah, on that exact day. And last year, something else happened. So I just realized, you know, third year, I'm not going to be fooled again. So I will not pre-order <laughs> anything. I'll just be patient. And so bad things will not happen to me. Now, of course, that I said it, I jinxed myself. So uh, there's that. Um, but I plan to get a Series 5. I'm still debating whether I... So I don't know if I want to stay aluminum or go titanium or actually spring for the ceramic one. Mm -hmm. Because so emotionally speaking, I really connect with the ceramic model because I think it looks amazing. Yes. And... I've never had a ceramic watch myself. I didn't get one when it was around for the Series 2 or 3. Mm -hmm. What was that? Both. Uh, mm -hmm. two. Both? Okay. Yeah, I didn't get one. I really wanted to. And I think I have, you know, over the past couple of years, bought watch bands that will look great with that watch. But of course, it's, it's expensive and, you know, got to think about it. Uh, titanium... I would get because it's a real new material. Also never had a... I've never been a watch person myself, so Same. any material mm -hmm. is new to me. Uh, never had a titanium watch. I think it looks good, uh, but I still prefer, you know, aesthetically speaking, if I had to choose, you know, and money was not a concern, I would choose ceramic because I think it looks better than mm -hmm. titanium. Yeah, but the aluminum, mm -hmm. on the other hand, is the one that I've always had. It's lightweight. It doesn't really bother me and it looks good enough. Yeah, the aluminum one is is like is the correct answer from the start. If if you if it's just about you know what it can do and everything, and and it's it's lighter, and it's, it's the lightest of all of them. Even I think titanium is like right in between aluminum and steel. Um, but anyone who who goes aluminum like like you have so far, it's the smart thing to do because it's obviously the best value in terms because you don't get more you know what it can do out of the other materials, but 
I've only ever had stainless steel, either silver or space black, because of the how it makes you feel aspect, which is hard to put a price on. And so you've got to say, like, is this is, is sometimes is paying for what could be two watches worth one for me if it makes me feel a certain way about it when I wear it. Um, and, and that's a big thing about always on display that I've, I've been thinking about. Um, and I haven't purchased one yet either, but I plan to after we, we finish recording today, actually. Um, mm. <laughs> but, it, but it's that the uh, I'm actually really okay with raising your wrist to turn on the display and seeing the time. And I don't have a bad experience with that. It, it's it works in you know apps. It works on the watch face. It works in workout. It works in music. Um, so I've got a really good experience with that, where I, I don't feel like is it going to work or not. It's just second nature. Um, but what I do dislike, you know, in in the keynote they showed some examples. Like if you're doing um, a workout where you physically cannot move your arm from this position, then that's obviously a thing. Um, but for me, it's like you know you pick the watch style that you like. There's, that's that's why there are multiple watch styles. It's because it's personal, and you pick the watch band. And it's sort of like you know how you dress, what shirt you pick out to wear. Even you know if it, more specific than just your style, how do you feel that day? And you, you've always been able to change your watch face, but being able to have that externally always be visible at a glance to not just you but other people. I'm looking forward to that because. I'm proud of the watch faces I put together from what you can do. And, and it's, it's very much an expression of what's important to me by the complication choices and the color choices and things like that. And so to me, that's going to be the big thing I, I think is, is being able to be more self-expressive with the watch because of the, the, the face being on. Um, and, and like you, ceramic has my attention. The, yeah. uh, a couple of years ago, I was at, I was at WWDC and they had a, an official WWDC run as part of the, uh, Apple's developer conference in partnership with Nike and every, like not every developer, but so many developers had white ceramic that I went from like something that I thought looked nice that I, I might want one day to like, oh, I, I've got serious FOMO. Like I need that because <laughs> it's, it's everywhere. Um, and I was prepared to buy one with the series four and then there wasn't one and now it's back. And, uh, I didn't do a pre-order either. I totally relate to you um, with your experience and pre-ordering can cause anxiety sometimes more than what if I don't get one at launch or a few days after. So you're definitely onto something with that. Um, but if you go ceramic, I, I encourage that just because of the whole how it makes you feel aspect. That's something hard to put a value on, but uh, it's, it's certainly there. Yeah. Um, I thought about the always on display and i guess my main the main reason why i want it is not because i've been so annoyed by the way that the watch has always worked like i'm not as i said i'm not a watch purist i've never worn a physical watch before the apple watch so i'm not particularly bothered by having to raise my wrist up i've gotten used to that and it's fine you know there's as you mentioned when you're doing a workout sometimes it gets a bit in the way but otherwise it's you know i can totally live with live with it but what the reason why i want the always on display besides the 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 fashion aspect which i think is a really interesting point of how can i design my watch face knowing that now other people can look at it and see something even though it's not full brightness they will mm -hmm. see something so that aspect is interesting but also and this sounds more like what I'm about to say sounds maybe not terrible, but it sounds a bit, you know, uh, not nice. I think I'm nicer as a person than what I'm about to say. Okay. But it's just yeah. sometimes I'm talking to somebody and I just want to glance at the time yes. without them noticing, right? Sure. sure. Um, 
because it just got on I just got another time maybe I'm doing something and I need to know what time is it and you know uh, with the with older apple watches it always happens that you're glancing at the time and the person asks you like do you need to be somewhere and you know it's not a polite thing to do so maybe if you could just casually glance at the time without do performing the because it's a you know it's a whole gesture that right, you need to do right. in front of somebody <laughs> it's right. like so uh, the more subtle glancing at a at a dimmed watch face that's why i'm looking forward to that yeah that, that's a really good point too with with just you know not wanting to be rude and and uh, a setting with someone else and um that makes me think of one of the new features in watch os 6 that i think is built more toward accessibility and and um but it's it's a great feature for everyone like like a lot of accessibility features and that's the ability to have an hourly chirp or tone ring out when mm-hmm. when the hour changes uh or it can be like a bell's tone so it's either birds whistling or uh, bells ringing, very, very short sound. Um, and you can customize that to be not just hourly, but every half hour or every quarter hour. Uh, and then obviously, if you've got your watch muted, then you don't hear the sound, but there is a distinct tap that's different from just a notification. So um, you'd, you'd sense that. And I have had, uh, I've, I've enjoyed using that over the summer with testing watchOS 6 and beta. And, and it's because... I generally know about what time of day it is. Like I, you know, I can, I don't lose track of time so much that it's like, uh, is it 4 PM or is it 7 AM? You know, you've got a pretty good idea about what time it is. <laughs> and so those, those silent or with a notification, uh, updates about, you know, is, is it the next hour? Those help me a lot with, with keeping track of time and what I'm working on and, and also might be beneficial in that environment where, you know, you you feel a tap on your wrist. You you can skip the you can skip the whole process of like the outward glance because it's just a silent reminder of hey, it's the next hour. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's a cool, cool thing to consider. Yeah, yeah. another consideration that uh, that I would mention regarding uh, which model to buy. Um, I'm also thinking about the ceramic because I am a two Apple Watch person, mm-hmm. so I currently have um, two Series Four. Um, Apple Watch models, a 40 and a 44 millimeter one. Um, and I tend to alternate between them. So most days, the smaller one is the Apple Watch that I use for sleep, uh, sleep tracking. And the other one is the watch for during the day and working out. But if I were to, so what I also do is I pass my, I don't always sell my old Apple Watches. I usually pass them on to my mom. Right. Uh, so she doesn't have to buy one and mm-hmm. she's she's fine with the older model she doesn't need the latest one um but what i would like to do this time is i would like i wouldn't like to work out with the ceramic watch mm-hmm. if i were to buy that one because it's you know i gotta take better care of it and so i would also use the uh bigger the 44 millimeter series 4 as my workout watch so at that point it would become the sleep tracking watch and the workout watch and the ceramic one would be the one for during the day and going out um so that's also what i'm thinking about and maybe my mom could use the 40 uh, so I, I really don't want to have three Apple watches. Right. If, if she uh, made me think if she were to use 44, if, if that's your ceramic one, would she eventually inherit the ceramic watch? That'd be a cool gesture. Well, yeah, that would be a cool gesture. Uh, <laughs> if, if the size wasn't an issue. Yeah. 
you're thinking long term. Yes, <laughs> yes. I didn't consider that. Yeah, But yeah. She will get the one eventually. Yeah. Cool. That'd be a nice thing. What what sleep apps do you prefer? Um. So, uh, I think I'm. I've been using Auto Sleep. Mm-hmm. I've been playing with this new app. Uh, it, it hasn't really launched on the App Store. Uh, it's called Napbot. Yeah, it's I've got from a, the. Yeah, it's from the same developer of Cardiobot. Mm-hmm. And it's it's been working surprisingly well, despite the fact that it's so much simpler than Autosleep. And you would think, well, how well can this sleep tracking app based on core ML, so it's got this machine learning model, perform against the you know the king of sleep tracking utilities that's been around for years and it's got all these custom algorithms and all of that. Surprisingly well, though, like the the numbers that I have in in Napbot, um, they mostly match up with what I have in Autosleep, mm-hmm. and um, so I really like the simplicity of Napbot. It's so much like you just got a list of the nights that you've slept, and you can tap in on a on a specific night to to get more details on uh, the kind of sleep that you got and and the total amount and that's it there's no you know over complicated ui mm-hmm. whereas some and as you say auto sleep is amazing and it's gotten so much better over the past few versions but it's still it's very much the the, the power user option it's right. got a lot of statistics and a lot of different screens which is totally fine if you're seeking that type of experience but in using napbot I've found uh, the simplicity refreshing. Now, I just hope that, that Apple will eventually approve the app because I don't think it's launched on the App Store yet. I see. Yeah, uh, I, I am fully in on the dual Apple Watch lifestyle as well. And, oh, nice. Okay. Uh, yes. So, so, <laughs> yeah, so it's a no judgment there at all. And I think it's totally reasonable too because if you have an older Apple Watch that, that you know, it tends to go that, that Apple makes a new Apple Watch, the old one loses value brand new thus even more value at resale. Um, stainless steel, now titanium and ceramic, those will have more value because those tend to go away from the lineup and older watches tend to be just the aluminum ones. But older aluminum ones tend to lose their, their resale value pretty quickly because they stick around at a reduced rate. Um, so I have a, a, an older Series 3 that I had just for testing on the side, just for, for doing things like running betas on. And that I kept around because it just, it wasn't worth selling and it became my night watch. And, and the thing that I like about two watches, and again, I just want to reiterate, not like um, going out and buying two watches, but you know, which, which is, which is also okay. Like if this is what you're, you're aiming for, but um, you know, if you just happen to come, you know, to uh, have two watches from upgrading, then it's really practical um, without asking, you know, someone to spend even more money um, mm-hmm. that you can put the, the night watch in what I like to, I, I like to call like sleep mode because you, you can do things like theater mode at all times. So the display won't light up at night and that also mutes the watch and do not disturb. So you don't get alerts coming through at all. And um, also you can do the, the heart rate alerts per setting per watch. So my daytime watch would have alerts for a low heart rate drop warning, but the night watch, I have it turned off because naturally when you go to sleep, if, if you're getting, I suppose, good rest, then the heart rate might drop far below the threshold for what you yeah. want to be notified of during the day. So the first time I tried it with with the just using the second watch without tweaking the settings, 
I woke up to like 20 heart rate notifications about low heart rate because it was like <laughs> in the like high 30s and um, which which I suppose is a good sign for sleep, but um, not not what it's intended for. But so then um, so then I've got an Apple Watch that um, I wake up with and it doesn't light up when I w- when I wake up unless I tap it. And there are no alerts there from overnight because it's in do not disturb mode. And the phone mirrors that, so I have to change watches and it, it, it to put my phone out of do not disturb mode because you know with with um it can detect which watch you're wearing based on the motion you know which one you raise your wrist with yep. and so by just physically changing the watch from the night watch to the day watch then it my phone knows oh now I'm ready to start my day so I found that to be all sort of coincidental but really well functioning for me. Um, not to mention the fact that, you know, there's nothing better than, than waking up to a silent alarm, which is just a tap on your wrist and not a sound. Um, it's, it's I really recommended if you can come across two watches. Um, it, it's terrific. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I've been doing it for almost two years at this point. And, uh, initially basically all of my friends made fun of me, but then, uh, the more I use it, the more the setup makes sense. <laughs> and I also have a different configuration for the night watch, uh, which, again, works really well for me. I don't have to use the silent alarm because my dogs are the not-so-silent <laughs> alarm in right. the morning. But otherwise, all that you said also applies to me. So I totally agree. Cool. Yep. And um, with, uh, well, I'll just say one really great memory of waking up with a sleep watch on is on New Year's Day this year, I, I I published a story that was around mental health and struggles with, you know, meeting those workout, you know, goals that we set for ourselves, mm-hmm. And it was, it was a little bit more intimate than anything I'd published before. Um, and I was really nervous about the feedback from the story. And so on New- I didn't want to wake up to any sort of criticism or things that made me uncomfortable. So for like 12 hours, it was, it was, it was until afternoon that I changed watches. And so I, I, I had the watch on tracking heart rate, tracking activity, you know, meeting rings, you know, closing rings, but I never had to look into the, you know, river of feedback on the internet until I changed my watch physically. And it was so nice knowing that there's no way I'm going to stumble across anything until I literally changed my Apple watch. Um, so that was, that was a really neat experience and something I recommend. Um, on sleep apps, auto sleep is my go-to as well. And I know what you mean about how detailed it can be. Um, and, and like you said, it has improved in recent updates, um, always to sort of make the data more, what can you, you know, what can you do with this data? What, how does this affect your day? How can you uh, improve you yeah. know, your sleep? Um, but my, my, my thing has been going to the health app and reading the data because it's really basic in the health app. Um, and then, and then different from what you see in the auto sleep app on the iPhone, but I've, I've got the Napod beta, but I haven't tried it yet. So I, I really should. It sounds like it's, um, more friendly. So. Yeah, it's very simple. It's it's been designed with Swift UI, mm-hmm. so you don't, you know, it's it's a very uh, simple and not in a bad way. It's very visually uh, well organized, I would say. So uh, supports dark mode. It's got a basic list, basic graphs, and um, I also like the health app in in iOS thirteen, especially. But I still find the data to be a little, you know, it requires. A couple more taps that mm-hmm. I would like to, whereas with Napbot it just open and you see a list and that's it. Um, so there's a thankfully a, quite a few options on, on the App Store these days for sleep tracking. It used to be that um, 
I used to have, uh, and that was years ago, a bedded sensor mm-hmm. uh, underneath my the, the sheets on top of my mattress. Um, my girlfriend thought that was crazy <laughs> that I had a sensor in the bed and this cable running out of the sheets and <laughs> going to right. the wall, plugged into a USB adapter. That was wild. It didn't last very long, especially since we got the dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a couple of, actually like a month later, uh, since I, I got the bedded sensor and one of them, every morning we caught her trying to understand what was under the sheets. <laughs> it's like a game is hidden. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the sensor had had to go yes. and but thankfully we, we we've seen a lot of different options i mean starting with sleep plus plus uh from david smith i think initially was one of the first mm-hmm. uh, sleep tracking apps for the watch yeah it's uh it's good to be a, a double watch wearer yeah for me bet it that the issue was i had a toddler at home who liked to co-sleep and so i uh, even if i went yeah. to bed alone i'd wake up with a, a toddler next to me and so i didn't trust the data because it wasn't just me uh yeah you know on, yeah. on that side of the bed and, and the way that's always gone is you know me and my partner can be in, in the bed with plenty of space but uh as long as you know once the kids come in the room they they sink <laughs> i'm the pillow and I, I can get pushed over the edge of the bed uh-huh. so it yeah. was it was their sleep data not mine um, yeah, that's awesome. All right, let's talk about the. Now that we're halfway in, let's talk about uh, your mega epic iOS 13 and iPad OS 13 review, um, the premiere of that, and uh, I, I, I want to get a bit into sort of the how it affects you and how it makes you feel behind mm-hmm. the scenes. But but first, kind of summarize if you can um, all that that your review encompasses because it isn't just a written review; it's a whole lot of things. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So every year I try to do the uh, uh, what I hope is a comprehensive review of the new version of iOS, and I've been doing it le- uh, regularly at this point uh, since iOS nine, um, so twenty fifteen. And this year, not only did I have to do iOS thirteen, but I also wanted to do iPadOS. And even though Apple said. Um, that iPadOS was not going to launch alongside iOS. My review had been created as a single, as a single piece, as a single uh, story, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to split it up. And in addition to that, I also needed to do uh, coverage of thirteen point one because I had a had a hunch that it was going to launch uh, sooner than expected, and I really wanted to make sure that the review was going to be not outdated after 10 days. And so when I got to work, I realized this year I'm going to have to cover design changes and changes to all of the apps. So you're going to find um, dark mode and context menu and Safari files and USB access on the iPad. There's a whole chapter on iPadOS. There's an even bigger chapter on, on shortcuts and all the changes to the shortcuts app. So I try to cover as much as possible as a single person. I had to offload some of the stories to the Mac Stories team, sure. um, partly because I didn't have the time, but also because it, there were features that I couldn't access, such as the changes in maps. We mm-hmm. don't have the mapping, the new maps features in Italy, um, and so even even with doing that, with having the Mac Stories team take care of about ten stories, I think. Um, combining two operating systems, so iOS and iPadOS together, and accounting for the changes coming in 13.1, it still ended up as being basically double um, 
the review that I did last year. Uh, so it's um, it's thirty pages on the website. Mm-hmm. It is seventy five thousand words. Um, I've been working on it since June, basically the day of the WWDC keynote. I started taking notes, and the actual writing. Uh, happened between I think July 2nd was the day that I started writing and basically the end of August with 20 uh, more days of heavy editing every day um, I the, the story was edited I think about 6 or 7 times in mm-hmm. total um, so that's basically the, the idea it covers everything that I could cover as a single person in iOS and iPadOS yeah, it, 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 you know, there's something that, uh, on apple.com, like the URLs for each, each, uh, release, you know, I suppose you can find them in, you know, like a Wayback Machine, uh, with the archives version of the page. But, um, just, just looking at like the main iOS page each year, it's, it's the new version of iOS and you can't see that nice marketing page. You can see like feature lists and release notes of old yeah. releases. But, um, you know, something that's a part of your review is that it's not just text. It's, it, there's so many elements to it. And, um, so in, in that way, compared to how you know Apple's own marketing page for iOS is removed and replaced each year, your reviews become the reference, you know, historically the reference material. Um, not just that, but commentary, and uh, and 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 so there, <laughs> we are very lucky to have them. Um, talk, Thank you. Yeah, talk a bit about um, you know. You, you know this is coming each year in, in terms of the, that you want to do a review. Uh, I know in years past you um, would try to think about how it could be easier on yourself in the future, you know, um, mm-hmm. this, just just with managing the process and, um, and and also, you know, living life because you can't hit pause on life. You've got to, you know, continue mm-hmm. <laughs> being being a boyfriend and, and uh, you know, a dog owner and, uh, you know, and a, a podcast host and, and running a website. So, um, but this year... <laughs> I, I think you were, were throwing some new challenges with um, yeah. just the way things had to be. Um, but but talk a bit about you know specific to the Apple Watch. You know how how does it affect you um, and 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 just you know what you want to do with the Apple Watch ordinarily in terms of like health and fitness and and uh, if any ways that the watch comes into play with with making it easier. See, th- this is such a such a good question because it's a the kind of question that nobody has asked me besides my girlfriend. Sure. Um, So the answer, sadly, is that this is one of the areas of my life that I still cannot manage as well as I I would like to manage. Um, Especially this year, it was really a struggle. and And I really felt the difference from last year because I felt like last year... I made such good progress compared to the previous two years. The review was more was about twenty five or thirty percent shorter, mm-hmm. and I was able to to you know go on vacation multiple times and actually work out every day and keep a better schedule. And it the review took, I mean, last year I I tracked my time, and the review last year took a hundred hours less than it took this year. Right. Um. So. I particularly felt all of the ways that I failed in in keeping better care of myself this summer. And the more, you know, I, and I tried to justify this by saying, well, it was the only way that it could get done. And in a way, it is true. But also, 
I wonder if it's also a choice. So I, you know, I felt like I needed to put in, to give you some actual numbers. Mm -hmm. I, this summer for multiple weeks, I woke up at 10, started writing at 10.30, have a brief break at 1 p.m., and then straight back to writing from 2 to 11. Um, No going out, (laughs) no Mm -hmm. social life. Um, It's basically isolated in a, (laughs) not a cave, it was my bedroom where I have a corner with a desk and my Mac Mini and the iPad. Um, But basically 12 to 13 hour days for multiple weeks in a row. And I made that choice uh, I felt that it was necessary, especially when I when sort of a panic started settling in, um, mm-hmm. like it was early August, and I was like, "This is never gonna get done. I'm never gonna be finished in time." Um, so I made that decision to not work out in the morning or at night. And when it was 11 p.m., I was like, "Well, do I really want to work out right now, or do I just want to chill for a couple of hours before?" I want to sleep and right. spend time with my girlfriend and the dogs. So it, it was me. I I made that decision. Uh, nobody imposed that decision on me. I felt that it was necessary. Um, but I still feel b- bad about it. I, I feel like... And this is something that I that I touched upon in a story last year. Um, I I feel like I'm, I'm letting myself down and I feel like, uh, you know, I'm letting others down when I, when I don't put in uh, you know when i don't put in the work to also take care of this other aspect of my life and this is something that my girlfriend and i we argue about it very frequently of like when you she says when you work on the review it's like only the review exists Mm -hmm. and that is true she's right i'm not proud of it though like it's not something that i like yeah that feedback hurts to hear yes yes it does and any and you know of course you know my my background for context uh, i i need to exercise because especially with my right leg um i had a procedure uh years ago done to reconstruct my femoral head uh, of the on the right leg so the very top of my right uh thigh um because um it had been damaged by steroids that i had to take while undergoing chemo treatments um 7 years ago and uh, one of the side effects of the of the chemo drugs is, you know, this heavy dosage of steroids. They can damage some, and I don't have an actual technical explanation, but it basically can damage some bone tissue. Mm-hmm. And that I needed to have a procedure not to replace the bone, but to, to actually like construct a sort of like a cap around it. Sure. Um, and but it, it is essential for me to keep moving, to keep exercising that leg, and to you know to avoid certain types of workouts like uh, leg presses, for example. I need to avoid so anything that puts too much pressure and too much weight uh, on my right leg. It's best if I avoid it, which means it's also best if I do something that stretches the leg, like um, cycling, for example. Um, so it is important for me to keep moving, but especially in the summer. It becomes really hard for me to the and especially in the in the weeks of crunch when I'm like I'm I'm working this and I'm writing this 12, 13, sometimes even 14 hour days, and I'm in a good mood and I and I you know I can put down five 
thousand or six thousand words in a day. And I, I at that point, I'm like, I'll work out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then the day after, I'll be like, I'll work out tomorrow. And basically, this summer, uh, I've exercised very little, and I'm getting back in the in the routine just now. But basically, the months of July and August have been terrible. And, and I feel very bad about it. Uh, not just because I lost my activity streak that I had going and it was very nice, but it just, uh, you know, at, at a personal level, I, you know, once again, uh, I've failed to meet my goal of it's just as important as getting the writing done. But I, you know, and this is, per, this is obviously there's more, more going on than just the, the workout. It's more of like a, like a personal thing, but like I still struggle to balance the, the, the anxiety d- that derives from so much pressure of, I need to have a review out on launch day because there's all these people waiting for me. And the reality of you only got 24 hours in a day and you got two dogs and a girlfriend and a life. And you also need to think about that. So does it make any sense? <laughs> it's, it's, Absolutely. I mean, there's a yeah. few things that you've said so far that, I, that, I, that I'm writing down um, or circling in my notes that, that, that what, what, so first off you said, um, you know, basically this is this is all by choice because you want to write the review um this is something that that no one's making you do right except for the precedent of this is the thing that you do and the the, at the point where you you say i'm going to skip ios 14 or whatever version then then that's that's a an enormous step for you it was enormous whenever john syracusa retired the process of writing mac os reviews or os 10 reviews um, and, and you're not ready for that yet. Um, no. But something I had in my notes about this section was just a thought that I had that I didn't want to forget, which is that, um, for me at least, staying busy by choice, and this is why I circled by choice on my notes, to feel better um, is it, like a mental workout because if you don't do that, if you find yourself uninspired or you don't have a goal that you're driving yourself to meet, that you're challenging yourself to meet, then it can feel way worse in other ways than the sacrifices you make to meet that goal. So it's all by choice and it's for a reason. And, you know, you will fail in some areas because you can't do everything or not perfect, but it's, it's prioritizing, you know, in this case, um, you know, the passion of your work, um, which, which, in your mind has to have a bigger impact than, than did you get this workout in today. But the next thing there that you, that, that you said that caught my mind is um, you need to work out. You've got a reason that you need to work out yeah. and it isn't just because you want to have a beach body. <laughs> it, it's, right. it, it's more of a life thing. And um, I, I, I don't know that I've thought about why I, I feel like I need to work out and I've had success with exercise and dieting, and it's it's helped with self esteem and and the way I feel about how I look, and even like you know what is my resting heart rate throughout the day. And I'm I'm very proud that that you know it's you know I glance at the watch and it's like 48 or 52, and I'm like that must be pretty good. I must be doing something right because one you know a few years ago it would have been in like the 70s or 80s, which wasn't right for me. Um, but need to work out. So you, you have to do that. And it made me think in the moment, why do I need to work out? And, um, you know, if, if I'm thinking about it in that context, my dad's dad died at 55 from a heart attack, which was 
he never exercised, he ate poorly, he smoked, and um, all signs would point to that will lead to a heart attack, and that's that's how he you know died relatively young. My dad is fifty but looks in worse shape than my granddad who died at 55. And I've bought him an Apple watch and tried to encourage him to to take it really easy, but consider exercise, you know, a a walk. Um, And it hasn't quite caught on yet, but he still wears it every day, which makes me happy. Um, But for me, you know, that's like long-term versus a personal goal of like losing a few pounds and looking better by summer. Um, But it, it can also have a bigger impact now that I'm thinking about it in that context of, you know, as a person, I need to work out or in 30 years, it might be my last few years, you know? So uh, this is what I love about doing this podcast because it helps me think about what I'm already doing and why. And then also hearing your experience, it's, it's, it put con- it puts context on the whole thing of what we do. And, and that, that makes perfect sense with, with how you explain how this affects you. And unfortunately it's, it, you know, there's not, you know, you can look at, at your experience and say, these were the, the symptoms of a problem and how do I address it next year? But mm. there's probably not an easy answer where you can say, Oh, I'll do this differently next year. You know, mm. um, like I I've had those same decisions in different contexts of, you know, like, like for me, the big pressure is um, when I first got the Apple watch, I didn't do any exercise with it for a year. And then I picked up um, doing the elliptical every day and went from 210 pounds, 215 pounds to um, as low as 140 which, which was a little bit too lean for me. Um, but like 150, I think I'd be really happy with. But in all, in all the process, I began, you know, I was comfortable with the elliptical. I started running. I started doing races. And, um, and, and I shared the experience in a story that Phil Schiller tweeted and Jay Blonick tweeted. And it felt like a high peak for me. You know, it was a very high point <laughs> for me. Um, but since then, life's gotten in the way, right? So, so... Um, part of that whole journey was, you know, I, I love animals and, and um, I adopted a Dalmatian. And because I, I felt, I still feel this way that because of the lifestyle change brought from the Apple Watch that I could, I could be someone who had the energy to take a dog outside every day. Like that's, that's something that you've got to do if you have an animal, you know, you, you can't be inside 24 seven. And so right. I felt like oh, this has changed my life and lifestyle. And now I can be a dog owner where I feel like before I couldn't be. Um, and and that's one of the pain points in, in that piece is that um, life got in the way. And I did get to a point where after a year um, of going, taking my, my Dalmatian to um, classes with me every every week to train me on how to train her and, and great success with that, there was a point after a year where life got really crazy. And I had a second kid on the way and marriage was difficult and it was just... I, I was looking for a way to ease, you know, the tensions of life. And I realized I needed to find someone to adopt my dog. And that was very painful um, after that investment in time and love and energy and everything for that first year. But um, and I've never mentioned that publicly before because it does feel like, a, um, you know, a pain point that mm-hmm. causes some shame because I feel like I, I couldn't live up to what I put in that story. Um, but then also you know, I, I was happy with my, my weight in that story. And then again, life got crazy. And there was one day where I was just like, I can't even think about diet and exercise. And then I had a point in life where I was, you know, this is the last day that I'll be off my routine because it's catching up with me and I'm gaining back weight and I don't feel as good as I used to. Um, and, and I've, 
I've gotten back on it, and part of this podcast has been just just working through all of that. And um, I, I, I'm not, I still can't diet and exercise every single day because, um, you know, before relationships were hard to manage when I was doing work and I had to have my routine 100% yeah. the way I wanted it to now I've had to accept that there are days where I really want to close my rings and even start a streak, but I've got to think, what, what do I give up if I want to do that? And and what's the balance there? So it, it's definitely personal for everybody. Um, and unfortunately there's, there's through all this I'm realizing, you know, for both of us and, and maybe a lot of people listening that there's, there's not one answer for you. It's, it's all experimenting yeah. and seeing what works for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really can relate to, to everything you said. And, you know, um, the thing is that, and it, and it sort of makes me angry uh, when I mentioned that I let myself down is because I feel great after a workout. Like it's something that whenever I do, like when I did it this summer, those few times that, that I actually worked out, I was like, you know, I actually feel great. And I, and I took an hour for myself today and it feels good. I'm, I'm absolutely destroyed by this workout, but I love it. It makes me feel great. Mm-hmm. But then when I don't do it, I, you know, because um, maybe it's a particularly stressful day, uh, and especially in in during the, the the first half of September when we were doing the editing, so I was going back and forth with Ryan uh, on the edits, and I was super stressed. Um, and I and I thought about working out, and you know, I was sort of craving the idea of working out, but I just I either didn't have the time or I just didn't want to, and it, it, it's a decision that that i that i feel really bad about and um so that's probably why um we you know as i was busy finishing the review and not necessarily having the time to take an hour for myself um because i you know my my calculation was when i need to take a break i prefer to take a walk with the dogs or go out with my girlfriend not Mm -hmm. just be by myself and be on the bike um and maybe that I'm sure that's wrong, but it's just something that I decided. And again, there's nobody forcing me, uh, so it's a decision that I don't like. But it, you know, to an extent, it's what I had to do. Um, but sort of to balance that, we've started. We we've been following a diet, both of us actually here, more aggressively, and that also makes us feel good. And it, you know, it, it it's got a sense of accomplishment and a sense of progress. Even mm-hmm. though, of course, diet can only go as far <laughs> if you don't also work out and exercise. But still, I think it was a way for me this summer to feel bad, to feel better somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it. it definitely helped also um something that i that i if i don't track it i can be especially bad at is hydration and i've been using water mandir water minder again to keep track of just how much water i drink every day and that's really helpful for me mm-hmm. because it's something that i you know i i know it sounds silly but it's easy for me to forget about drinking the proper amount of water and so having water minder, and of course I, I made a bunch of shortcuts uh, with water minder <laughs> in iOS 13. So that really helped. Um, but I, you know, you mentioned if there's anything that you could do next year. And I think I, you know, in thinking about it and in feeling bad about this, I think I, I know that there's a few things that I want to try at least. Uh, first of all is I will increase the help required from the Mac Stories team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if next year's releases will be as, you know, uh, 
massive, at least for me, from a feature perspective as as uh, 13. But I know that I will ask, you know, John and Ryan and Steven and the others to help me more. Mm-hmm. But also, I realized this year that I don't need to... I, I went a little too far with the editing. Like, I read the review at least two more times than necessary. And as you can imagine, reading a 75,000-word story, it takes about a week. Right. And that really wasn't necessarily enough for my obsession to get the punctuation right. Mm-hmm. And I'm very proud of the fact that basically folks only reported two typos. Right. Yeah. Uh, in uh, among 75,000 words, which is very nice, but that process really destroyed me, physically speaking. So yeah. next year, maybe get an additional editor. You know, I don't need to do it all myself. I guess it's the lesson that I got this year. And I could use more help from others. Yeah, at 9to5Mac, I felt so much freedom and and just clarity from being able to a, a few things because I I, I I I sort of put myself in the hospital this summer um where I just I wasn't managing my life well you know I, I was I was making good choices but I was also making poor choices for 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 good reasons but um you know things just became too much and I needed to be away and um and and since returning um Two things have been been huge. One is realizing that I've got the freedom to work remotely, so I don't have to be in my home all day long. I can go to a coffee shop or you know go to a beach near where I live, or just to see people and and feed off of that energy. Because working on your own at home, even with family around, can can feel you know for for certain personality types it can feel like you're not being rewarded, you know, or mm-hmm. or fed what you need. And the other thing is realizing that it's okay to defer task that it doesn't have to be yes. my hand on everything yes. that i i can say i i i would like to do this if i could but i can't i can't do everything so so let me assign this to someone else let me defer this task to someone else and then it i think everyone's happier that way because then we all own the total you know the the outcome and we're all learning as we go and sharing experiences so it, it, those are hard lessons to, to to sort of you know come to, but they're definitely positive if if you can implement them. Certainly, so uh, there's it, it's good to have also you know the next few months to think about before iOS 14 is is, is a thing <laughs> to think yeah. about this and reflect. <laughs> yeah, I very much struggle with that. I'm a bit of a especially with my with my reviews. I'm a bit of a control freak, mm-hmm. and you know I want to control every single detail, and I and I. Truthfully, I obsess over every single screenshot of the review. I, you know, per I've been retaking the same screenshot multiple times because perhaps the scroll bar was in a position that I didn't like. So, I, I, and it tends to be like again, I, it's an obsession. Perhaps it's unhealthy, but I've been learning. And this year was, I mean, I th- I'm very proud of myself for being able to accept that. 10 stories were assigned to other people <laughs> because in previous years I would say no I need to do it all right and instead you know John at WWDC we had a talk and he was like look you need to give us a few of all that notes that you've been taking <laughs> yeah you you cannot do it all yourself and I was like okay uh we can try this but 
it went well and people seem to like it if only because you know um, the summer at max stories tends to be a very slow time of the year and so it was nice mm-hmm. to have a few articles in july and august yeah. uh, so i'll continue doing that and and perhaps even more because it i don't want to do i i i should say i love working on the review and i'm super happy with how this one went but i realized that i don't want to die because of right. the review so yeah. uh you know uh, I'll, I'll listen to to everybody's advice yeah. and, and get more help do, do you feel a rush after it's over or, or, or how long does oh, it take to to oh, feel yeah, yeah. It, it feels like it feels like coming back from from WWDC to me. Yeah. You got that. It's not really depression. It's that feeling of like you feel empty mm-hmm. in a way because you like you you had this huge rush of you did it, and the next day I was like, well, and then what? Right, like right. now do i go back to my normal life i get yes the answer is yes yeah. uh and 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 i love my job and and i feel very fortunate to be able to do my job but um it's it's a strange feeling of you you know i i spent three months looking at this story taking notes and writing them and you know i i i can glance at a, pra- at a paragraph and know exactly where it is in the review and and then i suddenly i don't need to look at it anymore and it's um it feels i feel very happy but like the the following day i felt uh, this strange feeling <laughs> of emptiness of like well that's yeah. done and right. when i moved everything into my archive folder that also feel felt weird yeah it, it reminds me of um i've been listening to the audiobook uh from from astronaut scott kelly called endurance and he he writes about his experience as an astronaut, and uh, I, I think his his record is the longest person to serve and to be to be in space uh, continuously. Mm. And he makes the process sound just horrible, like something you never want to do. Um, and 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 it's that you come back and your body is just not the body that you left with. And instead of feeling like I'm finally home, you feel like you're destroyed. And, um, you know, I suppose in space, there's only so much you can do. But I, I wonder if, you know, when you think about the sort of now that it's over, you should feel awesome. But instead, you feel like, who am I? And what do I do next? Yes, and, yes. and you've let your, 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 your physical self, you know, go in, in the process. And, and so it's no longer a routine of just keep, you know, maintaining your routine. Um, so I, I wonder if, you know, where space is another thing, but, but with what we do, if, if we can come off, you know, if we can mix in more of what we, what we do, at our best physically, then we would just come off with, well, I, I feel a little drained and, and uh, misguided now, but let me go get those endorphins, you know, from a workout, but without it being the, the, the first workout since you're back home sort of thing. Uh, it's it's yeah. a tough challenge. Yeah. I, you know, I, I definitely, I definitely plan to, to find a better balance next yeah. year. And I thought that I had it, this year that, right. that's the point i thought i thought that i that i could do it yeah, it was uh, a stated goal right like it was it was my goal and i thought that i could do it and i thought this is not gonna be it's not gonna be so bad and i and i wrote the first few chapters in early july right. and it was one of my goals i should say to not be too technical to mm-hmm. not go too deep in on like on on apis and developer frameworks so i was like no i'm gonna keep it you know uh, natural language english no developer talk no over complicated details 
but it was just uh, uh, at some point in late July, I looked at the review and I looked at the mind map, and only four chapters were done. I was like, "Oh no, what have I done?" <laughs> <laughs> and so that that's when it started going kind of bad in terms right. of keeping up with with myself. But I learned a lot of lessons, so that's yeah. good. That, that is good. So, so once panic ensues, it's it's, it's uh, you, you can't call what happens after that. Um, mm-hmm. One one last thing on there before we we, we move forward. Um, why do you do the reviews? Like, why why is that your choice to do the reviews? You know, what do you, what do you get from it? Uh, you know, specifically, it's it's got to be more than you know. It, it feels nice, um, but what, what is it for you, yeah. kind of personally? Well, of course, there's the business aspect, right? It's it's a it's a huge thing for Mac stories every September. It's the biggest time of the year, and uh, and people really seem to like it. So it's definitely worth the effort. But there's obviously more than that. Um, and I feel like I've been thinking about it. And I really think that that I primarily do it for myself um, because it I uh, I really like to know everything that's going on with, with iOS and, and iPad. Mm-hmm. And... I try to write, and this is why I obsess over every single detail, because I, I try to write the review that I would like to reference in the future, that I can, you know, when I'm wondering when when exactly did this feature launch in iOS, and I can go back to my review, and I did it multiple times this year with, with the iOS 10 review from 2016, and I can look back and see, oh, okay, so this feature came out in this version and it looked exactly like this because I have the screenshots. And so that approach of documenting the release, I, I do it for me, but I also, the, all, you know, all the comments and the opinions that I share in the review, and because I hope, and I hope that it comes through that it's not just listing features, mm-hmm. and 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 also that is why people, some people don't like it. The fact that I sprinkle in some comments and thoughts and opinions, people just want the features. Other people just want the opinions, and it's you know it's hard to find the balance. But mm-hmm. I can look back on those comments and be like, okay, so what did I think of this when it came out in twenty sixteen or twenty fifteen, and what changed exactly in the process? So I do it for me. It's it's a it's a personal thing, and mm. that is why I I obsess very much over it uh, yeah. because I you know I I take a lot of pride in, in my work, and it you know it's something that I can say openly. I I'm very proud of what I do, and I'm very and I think I'm very fortunate to do what I do. Oh, and, absolutely, and we, we both are. <laughs> and you know, it <laughs> I could have easily died six years ago. So sure, it's, yes, like. Um, I feel very privileged to be able to do this, and I and I and it's part of that that conversation of like I I, I want to make sure that I don't waste the 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 second opportunity that I got, and so that my writing for this stuff, especially now that there's a lot of people expecting the story, I want to make sure that they're not you know they've, they've been waiting three months, and you know there's people taking days of work when the review comes out it's like that's crazy you shouldn't have to do that please don't do that but there's people that do Mm -hmm. and like i don't want to let them down so that is why uh, that's that's really why i do it yeah we've spoken a lot about uh the next thing i wanted to ask you about but um you alluded to this piece from from uh, may 2018 which you wrote called second life exercise mindfulness gratitude um you know looking looking back a year and a half later 
I, I have to imagine that some of uh, much of what you wrote there still applies, but some of it is is like you've set a goal for yourself and it's just been impossible to meet, and and it's like the second you know the second life still applies, but it, it's it's an ongoing journey. It's not you know yeah. one thing and done. So looking at that a year and a half later, you know, just how do you feel about that? And you know, give an update there. So the. Yeah, the, the as I mentioned, the the second life thing that the having a second opportunity is very much still, you know, it's it's an ongoing thing. It's something that I think about every day. Um, uh, when it comes to meditation, for example, I mm-hmm. I did use Headspace for several months after that, and then I canceled my subscription before the first year was up because mm-hmm. I felt that I was in a better place. And that that I could, you know, that I had a more clear sense of of my my place in the world and like my my role with my job and my friends and my family, and and but I still occasionally use, uh, and I don't need a subscription for that. But I use the Breathe app mm-hmm. from Apple on the Apple Watch, which doesn't have any guided meditation. It's just breathing exercises, but it really helps sometimes when you know when I'm by myself and I'm, and I just want to calm down and and clear my head. Um, I use it. It's fine. It works really well, and I love the hap- the haptic feedback that it provides. So uh, that I still do. Um, and the gratitude, that is very much something that that is ingrained in me at this point. Like mm-hmm. I want to make sure that I want to make sure that when somebody does something nice for me or says something nice to me, that I that I say thanks. And you know, and some people might say, "Well, that's just rude if you don't say, if you <laughs> don't thank people." But it really, it's more than that because it becomes you know when you, especially when you write something publicly. And when you're lucky enough to have an audience, I don't want to slip into the mindset of taking the audience for granted and, you know, uh, be, uh, I don't want to be the guy saying I'm on this pedestal and I'm looking down upon all of you and you should read my work, right? I, I don't want to be that guy. I want to make sure that and sometimes it's impossible to reply to all the tweets or all the emails, but I want to make sure that when that the people know that their comments are appreciated and that that I that I honestly feel thankful and grateful for for having folks who read a website written by a guy in Italy, mm-hmm. uh, like, and I want want to make sure that that comes through in my work, but also in my life. I want to make sure that that up that that framework of what does it mean to be grateful? Um, it means that I I want to make sure that you know I. Uh, say thanks more often and that I'm more um sincere in my gratitude like it that it's not just something that I say out of circumstance right but that is felt and and right this the changes from person to person but it's something that I noticed in myself that I that I slipped into this this uh, years ago into this mindset of well obviously people like my work and people read Mac stories because it's, you know, I have an audience now, so whatever. No, I don't want to be that person. I don't like it. And mm-hmm. um, that is something that I very much still do. And I and I really try hard to reply to as many tweets and, and emails as possible. And I guess the, everything else is very much a, an ongoing thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I have my ups and downs and I don't necessarily follow advice from past me 
to the letter every day as you know case in point this summer with the review but the idea of you have a second opportunity don't screw it up that is very much something that is always on my mind and um you know i i part of to answer your previous question part of i guess i write the review and this sounds more tragic than it actually is but sort of like to leave a legacy i guess like mm-hmm. if, oh yes if anything if something were to happen to me again like i want to make sure that you know people can go to mac stories and and open the ios reviews page and find all these stories at least and so the idea of well you know uh, you never know what may happen in life but mm-hmm. at least there's this there's the body of work and the the stuff that people can read so yeah I, I love that perspective, to, you know, the legacy. It, 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 you know, and I don't think it's so much as tragic and, and, and or even morbid as just like, you know, um, what are you doing? You know, why are you doing it? And, and, and uh, it, it's the, it's the best, um, you, know, you know, you're thinking about the moment that you're in and you're thinking about what comes next and, and you want this moment to matter because, you know, you, 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 even with a second chance, you know, like, like you said, things can happen in the future. Things will happen in mm-hmm. the future. You know, we're not here forever. Um, and, I, and I think about this in terms of like my, my two kids and, I, I, and, and then as a son, I don't know in detail enough about my parents and grandparents as I'd be comfortable with knowing. I wish I knew more. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah. know, I know their impact on my life, but I don't know their life at my age sort of thing. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. And and I feel like anything I write or say that's recorded, it's it's almost like in in some ways it's all speaking to them now, because if they're curious, they can find it, you know. And um and and that can apply not only to 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 kids, but um you know as as a, as a, as a person in public with fans, like true fans. Um, what you do matters and, and they, you know, if like, if something happens tomorrow, there has to be a place to celebrate your effort while you're here. And, uh, that's an, that's an amazing perspective there. Um, a few things on gratitude that that I want to mention, uh, in, in person, I can be shy until I'm comfortable with people. And then I have so much fun. And there's a version of that online too, which is like, um, if I don't trust you yet, I will be cautious, and it's it's almost like an analog to to in person. Um, but once I get to know someone, then it's more relaxed. But it, it can be a bit cynical, and so um, what I've been trying to be mindful about, and 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 it, it reminds me of your your um, just ingrained gratitude um, uh, approach is, is that I want to make in writing. I feel like in podcasting, it's closer to in person because it's more natural and is spoken. Um, but in writing, I want to I want to put as much um, sort of energy and 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 perspective as I could have in person in, in a conversation. But some you know just strive to put that into writing too. And it's not just in writing a story, but it's also in interacting with people online. Um, if I'm in person with somebody saying thanks, like if I'm meeting, you know, a reader in person, I just spill over, you know, I am just over the moon. And, yeah. and I want to try to apply that same attitude and, and thrill like that. I personally feel to a tweet, you know, because if someone takes the yes. time to message you, even if it's a complaint, 
you know, or, or negative specific feedback, you know, how you could improve. If I think about it in terms of what I would do in person, it's usually different online and it's a bit more cold and and not as considerate. And so that is something I I need to think about and, and have been, but, but want to, to not let go of. Yeah, that that's that's a very good point of like meeting you know a reader in person. That is why um, I always try to spend at least thirty seconds, you know, just a few moments with somebody. Usually, it happens at WWDC or after one of our live shows. Um, I want to make sure that that I can thank somebody in person, shake their hand, and. You know, and 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 I have a few friends of my a few friends of mine who say, you know, you're gonna get sick <laughs> at a conference <laughs> if you shake everybody's hands. But like, it matters to me because especially when when somebody and it's more than just you know somebody gives you money and buys a ticket to one of your live shows. It's mm-hmm. more about like this person whom I don't know personally took the time has been following my work for years and took the time out of the personal life to to come to this event and watch me like how wild is that and all it's all because of the internet right i think it's wild and so the least i can do is is thank this this person like and and talk to them for a few moments yeah and so that is and that is part of the 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 idea of gratitude like i shouldn't take that for granted just because you know max stories as an audience and people listen to the podcast therefore i'm entitled to being able to put on a live show and and have people in the theater like that's uh, yes i sh- i you know in a way i made it happen because of my work but the audience is not something you should take for granted and having fans and readers and listeners it's not something you should take for granted because they they can go away at any moment and i feel like if you don't respect that if you don't respect that special opportunity that you have of there's folks who download a podcast and and make a conscious decision to listen to you uh, if you don't respect it sooner or later it's going to come back to bite you <laughs> so um it, and it's the right thing to do really you, you know from a, at a human level it's just the right thing yes. to do and so that is that is that is part of the gratitude uh, concept for me yeah all right uh, uh, one last thing before we go i want to talk a bit about the um the role that music plays uh in your life and, and working huh. and working out um live music uh, you know performances recorded music uh, what's the importance there what's your, what's your sort of experience and approach there so it, it is essential for me to have um music when i work out i have a i have a, a workout playlist that i assembled over the over the past few years that contains a quite a quite a different mix of hip-hop and and rock and and metal core um so it's it's a bunch of different songs that i like and put me in the right mood and i shuffle that playlist i jump around and it depends on the kind of exercise and sort of a whether i'm doing something more high intensity for example i skip some of the mellow tracks uh but otherwise i really like that mix i tried to work out listening to podcasts sometimes it works <laughs> But it doesn't really put me in the right mood. Right. And I feel like I'm more, you know, I'm concentrating to listen to the conversation and listen to the words and I don't pay attention to the workout. Whereas with music, the music just happens in the background and I can concentrate of, you know, on like, you know, hitting the right beats per minute or that mm-hmm. kind of stuff or breathing correctly. And, you know, it, I, I'm not an athlete, so it's something that I need 
uh, gotta keep a close eye on what I do during a workout, especially because of my right leg. I need to make sure that I don't overdo it, but uh, that I also don't do too little. So music is essential for that. And as for everyday life, I'm one of those people who, uh, you know, if I don't listen to music for a couple of days, I start feeling weird and kind of like feeling sick to an mm-hmm. extent. Mm-hmm. Like if if I haven't listened to music in a couple of days, I get like sort of like a niche. Like I feel weird, like I'm, like I'm like I'm sleep deprived or caffeine deprived. It's like music deprivation. It's it's a real thing. And so I love music, but I also need to listen to music. Um, it's something I've always been this way since I've been like 12 and I got my first CD player. Mm-hmm. Um, listening to music every day, I have my AirPods, I have three HomePods, but few months ago this year i also uh took advantage of a tax break to treat <laughs> myself to a very nice pair of i high-end um uh sony headphones mm-hmm. and a sony high-res uh, music player a sony walkman and i've been after years of streaming i've been slowly uh reassembling my own personal music collection Mm -hmm. either by digitizing my old cds or just uh, buying music as a flack so lossless music online and so not this summer of course because i didn't have the time but otherwise during the year i like to take like 30 45 minutes um off every day to just sit down and listen to music with those headphones like with nothing else going on that's awesome listen to music yeah it's something that it that really relaxes me yeah, it's, that, it's that, awesome. that is a key part of working out with the watch that both amazes me and I have to have it is that there has to be music because I, 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 I've ran a few times without music and professionals have to, but I'm not a professional, so I don't have to. I, I can have music on the runs that I do. And um, I've, done, I've done like one run where I did about three miles with a podcast. And if it's entertaining and you're into it, it it can work, especially if it's, you know, for a run, you're trying to pay, if if you're trying to pace yourself and it's more of a recovery run and you don't feel like you're pushing yourself as far as you have to. But then there was a point where I felt tired and I just needed to be able to switch over to music. And that got me through the rest of of the workout. Um, it's, It's very important for me. And I'm just amazed that, you know, you, you, we, technology has come a long way, but you can literally run with just the Apple Watch and Bluetooth audio, and have have that you know with you without a phone. You've got you've got so it's all there for you. So it's really cool. Um, like you, I have an appreciation for having like supporting artists for one, but then also having like copies of the music in in, in, in another way than just streaming. Yeah. And so my thing has been. Um, having buying vinyl but not never playing it <laughs> just just to have the big artwork and and to have paid for the yes. mu- you know the music without yes. uh you know just the street adding it on apple music or something so that is awesome um and and there's one one more thing i'll say that relates to the watch which is that uh a few weeks ago it was actually the saturday before the the new series five was announced um i went to a concert it was angels and Airways, which is my favorite band oh, since nice. i was 15 and um you know the thing at concerts that happens is like people take video with their phone or they take pictures throughout the show and, and they can, this is a band I've seen four times so far. And my first memory was when I was 15 and I had like no phone and, and no camera. And yep. I remember being disappointed the day after actually, there's like, 
I'm, I'm quickly losing the memory of the show. Like I was in it, which is awesome, but I didn't know that people, you know, the, the, the way it is now where you, you, you're not in the concert, you're behind a screen. Um, but I remember thinking, I, I am losing that memory really fast. I don't feel as, mm. as present as last, as last night. Um, and then for the other shows, like I was able to snap a picture too, but, um, I, I really believe in being at the concert in the moment, but it's also important to me to not feel like I'm losing the memory fast, like when I was 15. And so what I did for this concert was take a few pictures at the start of the yes. show and then the entire concert run the voice memos app on the Apple watch. Uh-huh. And oh, nice. I, I got back to the hotel and, and just had forgotten that it was even running. And I had like a three hour recording in progress uh but it turned out excellent and the important thing there is that never once did i think about where's my arm you know am i recording it the right way or let me get this picture real fast or this value the video of this song um but it but as important to it as you know as it is to me to remember the concert and try to kind of go back to it if possible um the watch and voice memos you know being built in now I I was quite impressed with how how it worked out, and I, I actually went through the recording and did a little bit of audio, a little bit of audio editing, but then broke up each song by by the track, uh, and, and now I've got it in my music library to re-listen to like a bootleg. But uh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so all, my, all my rule for yeah, I mean that, that I, that's such a, an awesome idea. My my rule for concerts is. As you mentioned, um, take a few pictures at the beginning, maybe a picture at the end. And I try to take at least, like, no more than two videos. Um, Usually just one. So I keep a memory for myself and maybe share one with friends or family. Um, But I don't want to spend the whole time looking at the concert through a phone. Mm -hmm. Um, But yes, I wish, you know, I was able to see Oasis live in 2005. I was... Um, about to turn 16, I think. Um, and you know, I don't have any single memory of that show because the iPhone was not around and right. I probably took a picture of my old, on my old Nokia phone, but those pictures have been lost forever. So the only quote unquote memory that exists is some terrible video on <laughs> YouTube that somebody else recorded. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, uh, you know, I don't understand folks who go to concerts and, and look at the concert the whole time through a screen. Um, but also it's their lives. They're free to yeah. do whatever they want. I know that, you know, personally speaking, just a few photos and no more than two videos. And I think that's a nice balance there. Yeah. And when I take a video, I should say, I don't look at the screen. I just hold up the phone and then whatever records, whatever. That's I don't, right. I, I'm still looking at the, at the stage with my own eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, well, I, I think that's a, a positive place to end on. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I want to give a few shout outs um, because it is, is, is watch time. Um, shout out to Alex's story on Mac stories for the, the uh, Mac stories review of watch OS six. So, so check that out. If you, if you, you know, want to know what's new in watch OS six and how it all works and, 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 you know, sort of what to make of it all, check that out. And also um, uh, Matt, uh, Birchall and his blog birchtree.me yes. he yeah. he has a passion for the Apple Watch and for Watch OS 6 reviews and so uh, check out his Watch OS 6 uh, Birchtree review uh, I'll have all that linked of course and his website looks really good yeah it's got, it's it? got these new these new elements in the background I really like the the new look he's a tasteful guy <laughs> yeah he yeah. is yeah 
cool. All right. Well, uh, thanks so much, Vatici, for joining me. And, um, and, and Federico, where can people find you? Where do we want people to look for you at right now? Uh, well, um, you can find my writing at maxstories.net. And otherwise, I'm Vitici, that's V-I-T-I-C-C-I, both on Twitter and Instagram. But I tend to use Twitter more. So uh, those are the two main places. All right. Well, thanks again for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's been fun.